When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One, two, one, two, yeah, yeah, hey, hey. Waking up with today's best music. Energy 95.3. Waking every morning. When you wake up in the morning. Now, here's Tucker and Mora. Welcome to the Take Two Podcast. You've made it. You have arrived. So, this is where we look back at the week on the air. The week that was. So if you missed anything, you might get a chance to hear it in this podcast. And if it's something you heard before and you're like, I heard this already, then you just press that skip 30 seconds, mm-hmm. skip 30 seconds, skip 30 seconds Or button. maybe it'll be even better the second time. <laughs> Tucker, right? Could be. Don't forget to subscribe <laughs> to the podcast so you know when the new one comes out. And uh, we'll do it every week. Thanks for listening. Tucker, question for you. Would you ever go over Niagara Falls in a barrel? No. What if the barrel was on fire? Would you go over it then? Like I'm in a burning barrel. And... Going over Niagara Falls. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I, if I if it was the only way I could put the barrel out of fire, like <laughs> extinguish the fire and live, maybe I'd take a chance. Well, that's what it feels like to go from space back into Earth's atmosphere, Tucker. Canadian astronaut David St. Jacques has just returned to Earth after 204 days at the International Space Station. You know, that's actually breaking a record. That's the first time a Canadian astronaut has been up there that long. And Hadfield hadn't been up there that long? Not that wow. long. So after hearing about what the trip feels like... When they come back into Earth's atmosphere, I have decided that they do not have enough barf bags in the world <laughs> for me to ever agree to put myself through this. It's a, How long do you think it takes to go from the space station back down to Earth? I don't know, like two hours? Yeah, I, No, wow. I was thinking like, you know. Ten minutes? 30, <laughs> 30 days. No, it's, oh, 30 days. No, it's a six-hour flight. Okay, yeah. Well, that's six longer than I thought it would take. The entire time, Tucker, you feel like you're going over Niagara Falls in a barrel, but the barrel is on fire. (laughs) That's how they describe it. Okay? And then, when you get out of the capsule, you can't even walk. Because gravity now has affected you so much, and you've been in zero gravity. You got muscle pains. You got issues with blood circulation. Your spine is all stretched out. It needs to compress again. You can barely walk. That's one small step for man. Wait a second. That's no step for man. I can't move. (laughs) I can't walk. Exactly. I can't walk. (laughs) Help. And I feel like I'm going to (laughs) puke. Right? I feel awful. This is terrible. <laughs> Get me back up into space. Quick, please. You want, you want me to go to space? Forget it. <laughs> I'm not going. If you could wake up anywhere after having fallen asleep and be completely alone, where would you want to wake up? 
talking about that woman. She flew to Toronto, Air Canada plane, fell asleep. Miraculously, they didn't wake her up for any stupid reason along the way. And they left her in her seat to the point where they shut the plane down. She was on there. Yeah, it makes me wonder if she was sleeping like across a row at the back or something and people couldn't see her because how would somebody who's not reaching into the overhead compartment not wake her up? Gus, where would you want to wake up? Probably, and this is quite childish, but probably Wonderland. Ooh. Like, imagine picking up after everyone is gone and you got, it's almost like you're renting out the whole park to yourself. Yeah. You don't need, you could just flip on rides and enjoy. Yeah, I think you'd have to have another buddy with you to be the ride operator. You know what I mean? Like, so you get on, they activate it, and then when you stop, they can let you out. Mm. Because otherwise, I'd get trapped in the first roller coaster I sat in. I'd put that safety thing down, and then I'd be like, how do I start it now? And I'd be there for the rest of the night. Maybe just enjoy the water park first, and then work your way up. Yeah, Yeah, and then enjoy, like, a funnel cake stand. Get a couple funnel cakes going. But with the water park, right. you'd have to figure out how to turn the water on. Because some of those slides are pretty uh, tough to get Stop down. Stop ruining Gus's Your fantasy. Skin would be just dry skin on bare <laughs> plastic slide. Oh, that would hurt. Yeah, well, I still think it would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? If you woke up with somebody who worked there for the last 15 years who had also fallen asleep, that would be perfect. <laughs> like the janitor, you know? Somebody who's been disrespected and wants you to, yeah. you know, like, really rip it. Yeah. Oh, is there a new place you guys thought of that you would rather wake up in? I'm thinking, like, a desert island. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'll go all-inclusive resort over deserted island. Yeah, no, I think no, deserted really? island, but I'd want my family with me, like my daughter and my husband, and then we'd just be island folk. That's a fantasy? <laughs> you could get on a boat and go find an island right now. That's mm. not like what would you do for food on this deserted there. island? There's a barbecue and a freezer plugged okay. in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> to a generator with an unlimited supply of gasoline. Yeah, and like a really nice house. Yeah, so so, so a, pri- a rich person's private island Richard when Branson. they're not around. Yeah, Branson's, Branson's Necker, island. Necker Island. Abandoned. End of the world. But we can live there. Yeah. All right. Mora's deserted island with no food, but just her family. Great. <laughs> we have to eat each other at a certain point. <laughs> you guys have a good morning. You too. Why are you ripping on everybody's dream scenario, Tucker? Well, because some of them don't make sense. Yeah, well, even with the woman in a plane, like at a certain point, it got old. Right? <laughs> we just got a text saying, I would definitely want to wake up in Costco. Yeah, but then the people who give the free samples wouldn't be working. <laughs> Stop it. would <laughs> be able to cook the food. We're just asking the question, where would you want to wake up? If you fell asleep and you just woke up and you're like, whoa, everybody's gone. It's just me. <laughs> this is based on the story of that woman who took a nap on a flight and woke up and the plane was completely abandoned, all the lights off, and then she was just kind of like, where did everybody go? Melissa, where would you want to wake up? Uh, I would love to wake up in the Hershey factory. Mm. Mm. Chocolate for days. You mean after it's closed when all the chocolate's put away? How are you going to turn the machine on if you don't know how how to do it? I hope there's a maintenance person there. (laughs) Well, actually, if you go to Hershey, Pennsylvania, where they started, if you take the tour, 
like it's, an, it's the actual factory, but at the end of the factory, they have a giant store with all the chocolates all laid out. Oh, it's all mm-hmm. made and everything. It. What if that part of the building's locked? <laughs> Stop <laughs> it. You're ruining uh, it. Sorry, I'm like Debbie Downer yeah. here on this. <laughs> You're ruining everyone's okay. fantasy. That's okay. I'll be the Debbie Downer. I used to work at Wonderland, and I have been there at 2 o'clock in the morning, and it's not all that exciting. Really? No. Yeah. So could somebody start a ride and then run and get on it? No. Yeah, it would be impossible. Not, not any of the roller coasters, anyways. Could somebody go grab a couple of funnel cakes? <laughs> If you knew how to work the fryer. Oh, yeah. Uh, that sounds dangerous. How are you going to work the fryer? You're going to burn yourself. <laughs> 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 and thanks, Melissa. Thanks. Have a good day, guys. Bye. What is wrong with you today? Uh, Holly, where would you want to wake up? I would want to wake up in Leonardo DiCaprio's bed. Oh. Hey. Wow. You think you're the only one in that bed? Probably <laughs> <laughs> not. What if you'd already been there with a woman and all you're doing is sleeping in their dirty sheets? <laughs> Stop it. Tucker's just ripping on everyone's fantasy. Holly, okay, honestly, though. You there, Holly? Okay, so you haven't hung up yet? <laughs> Holly, you wake up in his bedroom. What? Well, let's say he's not in the room, okay? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do in that room? Probably go through his drawers and um, just check out the whole place altogether. Okay, let's say you go into a closet and you see uh, what looks like an old shoebox on the top shelf. <laughs> are you going to open that shoebox up? Oh, darn right. Yes. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, I'm a curious person. Yes. Holly, thank you so much. Thank you. What if that shoebox falls in your head and it gives you a black eye? <laughs> it's one of those things where I feel like a girl could easily say, oh, yeah, I'd like to wake up in Leonardo DiCaprio's room. Yes. What if I said, oh, I want to wake up in Margot Robbie's room? Wouldn't that sound way creepier? No, you say that stuff to me all the time. What are you talking about? I'd start going through her drawers. <laughs> Ooh, what do we have here? Oh, the panty drawer. Oh. oh okay, now it sounds creepy. <laughs> creepy. (laughs) Right? You ruined it. Just reading about a woman who may have come close to setting a record by having 34 bridesmaids at her wedding a few weeks ago. 34 bridesmaids? Yeah. 34 bridesmaids. Was there that many groomsmen as well? No. Because usually you gotta be (laughs) matchy-matchy. No, they didn't do that. What? How many groomsmen do you think there were for 34 bridesmaids? 34 bridesmaids? I'm gonna go with like 18 then. (laughs) No, less. I think there were 12. Still, that's a lot of groomsmen too. And I know you hate like big traditional weddings. Hate might be a strong word. Hate's a strong word, Tucker. But you you (laughs) much prefer like your second wedding because you did the traditional wedding for your first one and your second one you decided to go to Italy and you did this whole thing that looked very romantic. Like just 30 people. Yeah, Yeah, no invitations. Were they all bridesmaids? (laughs) No. I just feel like people get caught up in like the rules of what you're supposed to do as opposed to just making Making it about the fact that you're actually getting married to someone. Everyone focuses on the fact that they're throwing a party yeah. instead of that. But- I think you'd be on board with their actual wedding. Yeah. Because it's not very traditional. But um, so this woman who's a musician, her name is Kazme Carter. And she's not like a musician you'd know, but just like a working musician. The kind you'd see at a bar in New Orleans. And that's where she's based out of. Oh, cool. And she's met a lot of people along the way that she feels are very close to her. And she wanted them all to be a part of this wedding. She wanted actually 50, but she didn't have enough time to get it organized. (laughs) Did they all have to wear the same dress? No. 
and so this some of the things she did to make this possible was she let people use whatever dress she just wanted to have neutral colors okay okay and it, you could wear an old dress that you had yeah and she also posted a link to a dress that she found on Amazon that was twenty five dollars oh okay okay she wanted nobody to bring her a gift. She wanted everybody to be within a six-hour drive of the wedding mm-hmm. where it was taking place. She got married on a beach at sunrise, 5 a.m. Wow. Whoa. whoa. Yeah, I know. That's kind of crazy. Yikes. <laughs> um, that doesn't sound like much of a party. Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. like I, Maybe they partied later. I have no idea how that works. But uh, it was 5 a.m. And, uh, and, and then the other thing was that there were 12 groomsmen. So 12 bridesmaids walked with them. And the rest of the bridesmaids just kind of came down the aisle in a fashion show style. You know, they just the sort of thing, rolled down. It took an hour and a half, the by the way. The thing that would... An hour and no, a half? No, it didn't. It the was The thing cool. that would upset me is that if I did not get picked to be a bridesmaid and she had 50 of them, <laughs> I'd be like, wow. What? I didn't make the cut. <laughs> what number am I? Yeah, at that point, everybody <laughs> might as well be a bridesmaid. Because you know, if you're one yes. of the 10 other women, yes. you feel pretty inferior. Exactly. Either make everyone a bridesmaid <laughs> at that point or no one. Welcome to the Celebrity shout out game Kelly so there's a website you can go to and you can pay celebrities to give you a shout out it's called Cameo yes it's awesome so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you a couple of celebrities and you'll have to tell us who costs more to book for a celebrity shout out and up first we got out there my name is Ben Higgins I'm new to Cameo Never done this. Okay, this one is actually could be tough. You got Bachelor Ben Higgins okay. from The Bachelor Show going up against Gary Busey. Yunagi! Yunagi, 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 Yunagi. That is a Japanese word for eel. Who costs more for a celebrity showdown? The Bachelor Ben Higgins or Gary Busey? Gary Busey. Gary Busey's right. Gary Busey will run you $350. The Bachelor will cost you $65. (laughs) I love it. He's cheap. He's cheap. Because you barely know who he is. Next up here. Hi. My name is Billy Zane, and I'm just doing cameo. Billy Zane, who, of course, was the bad guy in the movie Titanic. Remember? Rose's fiance. Yes. And up against. Hey, guys, book me for your cameo. I love doing all of them. You guys are amazing. That is Snooki. Mm, Kelly, what do you think? Who costs more? Snooki from Jersey Shore or Billy Zane from Titanic? I'm going to say Snooki. Yeah, I'm going Snooki on this one, too. Yeah, you're wrong. Snooky 300. Billy Zane wants 500. Oh, give me a break, Billy Zane. <laughs> what have you been in lately? Next up here. This is Kevin Pillar, center fielder of the Toronto Blue Jays. Kevin Pillar, formerly of the Blue Jays. He got traded away. He's one of everybody's favorite players. Yeah. Or. Hi, everybody. Caitlin Jenner here. Uh, I am getting involved with a new program. It's called the Cameo app. Caitlin Jenner. Ooh. Uh, let's go with Caitlin Jenner. Correct. Yep, yep, wow. yep, yep, yep. In fact, you should know this. Caitlyn Jenner is the most expensive one on there. Is she? Yeah. Oh, really? How much? Twenty five hundred. How much is Pilar? Uh, Two hundred. What? <laughs> yeah, it's a nice, fun little gift. Yeah. Okay. So where are we at? You got two right. You need one more. I have tremendous experience in the license space. Okay. That is. 
Kevin O'Leary. You may know oh, from yeah. uh, Dragon's Den and Shark Tank. Yeah. And you also have Snoop Dogg. Big Snoop Dogg. Coming at you live on Cameo. Who costs more? I'm going to say Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg wants 500. Yes. And Kevin O'Leary, because he's such an egomaniac, thinks he's worth $999. Oh, give me a break. (laughs) Next up here. Hi, everybody. I'm Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman Mm -hmm. or Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hi, guys. It's Jennifer Love. I'm just in my fridge. Waiting on your request. I'm going Jennifer Love. Uh, yeah, but, oh, y- you know, it's up to... Kelly. Kelly. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Do you see what you did more? She's wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Normally give us a little clue. You yeah. lose. No. <laughs> That's it. Mora totally ruined it <laughs> for you. I'm so sad for you, Kelly. You Wait. get nothing, Wait. and it's Mora's fault. Wait a second. What, Mora? Let's give Kelly the win for this one because I did direct her and I shouldn't have said anything. I think it would be a better lesson for Kelly to learn never to trust Mora, that nobody <laughs> should trust Mora. Come on, Nice Tucker. try. All right, fine. You get the tickets, Yay! Kelly. Yay! An Ottawa fertility doctor could be the father of your child. What? He just had his license revoked for using his own sperm, Tucker, as well as mixing up donor sperm on his patients. More than a dozen patients were affected, if you can believe it. One of his patients said, this doctor went out of his way during the procedure to show her the vial of sperm with her husband's name on it, mm-hmm. knowing full well it contained material from some other guy. People are finding out that their dad isn't really who they thought they were. Haven't you ever been at a restaurant, Mora, and just asked the chef to surprise you with Why? something? <laughs> Why are you trying to make this seem you know what? okay? Bring me whatever you think I will enjoy. No, bring me the chef's platter. <laughs> yeah. No, Tucker. Yeah. It's a bad analogy. I'm sorry. Stop with the analogies. This is yeah. terrible. So I'm yeah. just trying to look at it from the other side. There is no other side. You're telling me this is bad in every scenario? Yes. Okay. Surprise, surprise. If you say so. His license has been revoked. So You know what's crazy Thank is God. when you think about somebody in all seriousness, who is a fertility doctor, which you would think would be a license to print money. Yeah. You know, like being a dermatologist or a plastic surgeon, that kind of thing. You would think that they would just want to keep it going, keep the gravy train running and the cash coming in. And here's some guy who's just obviously not in his right mind. Yeah. And he ruined it all. Yeah. You know how hard it is to screw up a career as a doctor? Seriously. You know, it's a a job for life. Guaranteed. Never be able to practice again just because he, I don't know what he was thinking. Well, at least he's got a lot of children to support him. Can you please stop it? Hey, uh, <laughs> look, I can't practice anymore. I'm going to need your help. <laughs> By the way, I'm your real father. <laughs> How many times have you had a conversation with someone about something? Yeah. You get on your Instagram feed and all of a sudden you see some promoted ad <laughs> that's promoting something that you were just talking about. Well, yeah, a lot of people feel like Instagram is listening. Yeah, so the head of Instagram was just uh, being interviewed, and they asked him flat out, is Instagram listening to you? His answer sounds like complete BS to me. There's two ways that can happen. One is dumb luck, which can happen. 
The second is you might be talking about something because it's top of mind because you've been interacting with that type of content more recently. So maybe you're really into food and restaurants. Yeah. You saw a restaurant on Facebook or on Instagram. You maybe like the thing. It's top of mind. Maybe that's subconscious and then it bubbles up later. I think this kind of happens often in ways that are really subtle, but we don't, we don't look at your messages. We don't listen on your microphone. Doing so would be super problematic for a lot of different reasons. Hmm. Buying that? It's because you were interacting with this on Instagram anyway, and it's top of mind. Right. Subconsciously, yeah. you've seen it, and now you think you brought it up first, but really Instagram brought it up first. A friend of mine was at a doctor's office, uh-huh. and all of a sudden, the topic of asthma came up. Yes. And it's not something he'd ever researched or even discussed before. Gets on Instagram, there's some ad about some asthma medication. So this is a text from the 647. My classmates and I were talking about this and decided to try an experiment. We worked the word car into any conversation we could during a three-hour lecture and then checked our social media feeds. I got a Nissan ad, a Honda ad, (laughs) a Jeep ad, and my friends all had cars on their social media feeds too. But they're not listening to you. Yes. It's just it's just dumb luck, right? <laughs> but we don't we don't look at your messages. We don't listen on your microphone. I think Stacy has a story for us, don't you, Stacy? I absolutely do. I was in Ottawa over the weekend and I did what everybody does. We went over to Quebec and bought beer from Costco and had poutine, but <laughs> deciding what we wanted to buy as far as beer goes, and one of the ones we decided was sixteen sixty four Cronenberg. So later on in the day, I was on Instagram, and all of a sudden, there's ads popping up for it. Like, I wasn't looking for that. I didn't even have my phone out of my bag. Mm. And all of a sudden, there's ads popping up for it. Yeah, and what a random beer ad to come up, right? I've never even heard of that. Exactly. So it was it was very random, very scary. But uh, I'm also like, you know what? If you want to give me um, ads for beer, I'm okay with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Uh, Missy, what's your story of Instagram or Facebook listening to you? So my brother-in-law and I were having a conversation about a miter saw, actually, which is something I would never even look for on Google. And it's Facebook. It's not even just Instagram. Facebook does it too. As soon as I logged on, like the next day, the miter saw was all over my Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks so much for the call. Have a great day. That's why we got to go back to flip phones, guys, and pagers. (laughs) If a coyote doesn't look angry, Mm -hmm. can you treat it like a dog? Can you go up to it? Maura, this is a wild animal that has not been domesticated. (laughs) I'm going to say no. A Grimsby teen is learning that the answer to that question, Tucker, is in fact no. Okay, good. After she was bitten a calf. Oh. Yeah. Two coyotes were approaching her as she was walking home. One took off. The other one came up to her. Now, she said he didn't look angry, so she didn't (laughs) freak out. (laughs) He sniffed her, and she was like, okay. And then he bit her legs. Would you like to know the best way to get away from a coyote? Yes. What is the best way? Stop, drop, and roll? No. (laughs) Surprisingly, it's not that. Okay. Uh, The best way to get away from a coyote is uh, what you want is uh, you want to find like a brick wall of some kind a brick okay wall? then what you're going to do is you're going to draw what looks like a train tunnel on that brick wall <laughs> and then you're going to have that tunnel turn real for a moment just enough time that you can run through it then 
the tunnel is going to turn back into a brick wall just as the coyote tries to go through it, and it's going to smash itself flat right alongside that in front of that brick wall. And if you can have an anvil handy... Yes, drop it on its head. Drop it on its head while it's down on the ground. Yeah, and then, well, actually, it's better if the coyote runs just slightly off a cliff, you hand it an anvil, and then it'll carry... The weight of the anvil will force it down to the ground. What about a grand piano? A grand piano would work as well. If the coyote, Mora, tries to blow you up with dynamite, yes. let's say it's getting inventive, what you, you're you going to want to do is scare the coyote just as he's prepping the fuse yes. and have the sticks of dynamite blow up in the coyote's face instead of yours. And you'll be fine. And somehow he doesn't get hurt after all this. He comes back. He comes He'll back. try again. <laughs> but you just keep outsmarting it with some of those tips. I've passed on to you Thank and you'll be you. fine. Thank yeah. you, Tucker. How old do you think you have to be to appreciate that? <laughs> to, to think like, what the hell are they talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bun is your 31. You get that? I was just watching Space Jam last night on Netflix, oh, so okay. I know exactly what you're talking okay, about. Okay, thank God. <laughs> it is amazing when you go back in time and you look at articles that tell women how to be good wives there were back in the day oh yeah (laughs) from housekeeping monthly oh lovely yeah keep in mind these were tips from another era okay for how women could be better wives to their husbands guess the year and try not to get too upset because some of these comments are totally out of touch. Okay, you better change your voice then if it's going to make me angry. Well, that's a great idea, Mora. <laughs> huh? Old timey Tucker here. Yes. Guess the year, Mora. Okay. Women were told to not ask your husband any questions about his actions or question his judgment or integrity. What? Remember, uh, he is the master of the house. No. And as no. such, will always exercise his will with fairness and truthfulness, Mara. <laughs> would you like to take a guess as to what year this was written based on that tip, or would you oh. like me to read another? Please tell me that this is like 1901. Nope, newer than that. Here's another tip for women who'd like to be better housewives. Okay. Laura, don't forget to touch up your makeup. Put a ribbon in your hair and be fresh looking. <laughs> I'm going to start throwing things at you. Would you like to take a guess as to what year this was in? Uh, uh, 1915. Nope, newer than that. Oh, God, okay. Your husband has been with a lot of work-weary people. Be a little gay and a little more interesting for your husband. His boring day may need a lift, and one of your duties is to provide it. Of course, back in this time, gay was another word for happy. That's right. It is making me mad hearing this. Um, 19- Guess the year, Mora. 1925? No, nope, newer than that. Wow. Guess again. 1940? It's newer than that, Mora. 1950? Yeah, guess again. 60? Go lower. <laughs> 55. 1955 is correct. Wow. I cannot imagine living in that era. I remember my ex used to say to me when he would come home from work, he'd say, what's for dinner? <laughs> and I would say, 
I don't know. You tell me what's for dinner. <laughs> Mara, I'm home. What lovely delicacies have you made for me? And I love the ribbon in your hair. Exactly. And your fresh smile. <laughs> I've be... had a tough day at the office. I would be the worst housewife of all time. And as the master of the house, I expect my meal to be ready when I get home. Right. And for me to be gay. Please. I would appreciate it. <laughs> okay, thank you, uh, old-timey Tucker. Times have changed. <laughs> Playing a game called... Is he bald? Is he bald, Mora? Mm-hmm. Kim, Tucker's going to tell you about some people in the news, and you're going to have to decide whether or not they're bald based on the story that Tucker tells you. By the way, we know if they're bald or not based on their mugshot, okay? Okay. Got to get two out of three right to win this morning. We'll start with Dorleen's Philidor, everybody. Uh, he was on trial last week in Miami, Florida on burglary charges. Well, before the jury got into the courtroom for closing arguments, he decided to shake things up a bit. Created a bit of a disturbance when he went number two in his hand and started throwing it no. at the judge. Why? And he yelled, quote, it's protein. It's good for you. Oh, God. Which, by the way, turns out is kind of true. Human feces has between 2% and 25% protein, so he wasn't completely wrong. Really? Uh, Police officers in the courtroom, of course, swarmed him, and luckily for the judge, none of the number two ended up hitting her. You know, the jury, not witnessing any of that, came in a little later and found him not guilty of the burglary (laughs) charge. (laughs) The jury not witnessing. Right, they weren't in the room yet. They they wouldn't be allowed to know about that. Wow. Had nothing to do with the burglary charge. Well, by the way, now he's in trouble for a whole new thing. Okay, Kim. Can't be doing that. What do you think? Is he bald? I would say he's bald. Going bald on them. You say that with like I such confidence. <laughs> As a yeah. bald person, I take a little bit of offense to that, but it is the nature of the game, and you are wrong on this one. Oh. Yeah. Okay, Kim, let's yeah. get this one right. Here we go. Yeah. Need two out of three right to win. 55 year old Kevin Bacon. No, not that Kevin Bacon, but another guy who actually has the name legit. There's another Kevin Bacon. Yeah. He was driving last Thursday afternoon when he accidentally crashed into a parked car cop car. You see, Kevin Bacon was busy looking at his phone watching an episode of Saved by the Bell. Ah, classic show. (laughs) Lucky for us at the police report, we actually know what episode he was watching. Really? Which one? It was Screech's Spaghetti Sauce was the name of the episode (laughs) where the gang tries to bottle and sell spaghetti sauce that Screech made in cooking class. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. Okay. He was arrested and charged with gross negligent operation of a vehicle vehicle and uh he was also you know leaving the scene of a crash he was trying to get away and texting while he was driving and we're asking the question i'm thinking he's bald he is 55 years old yeah 55 55. that's a good hint yes Bald, bald. I would go with bald. Well, yeah. you're right about that. Yes. There you go. One more right, and you're a winner this we morning. We got to do another one? Okay, here we go. I thought it was two out of three right. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> 46-year-old Peter Oldfield was trying to track down his girlfriend last Monday. Apparently, she broke up with him, and 
pissed and tell him why. So okay. he jumped in his car, which, by the way, is a red Kia. It's got flashing lights on the roof, and it's covered in stickers that say things like emergency team and service dog on board. It looks like a basically an emergency services vehicle. Okay. But this guy's not part of the emergency services. Uh, He's just balls, like a super nerd. <laughs> Is that the end of the story? No, he drove it to his girlfriend's old address and waited for her to show up. And when he thought he saw the vehicle that she could be in, he pulled it over by turning on his lights. Turns out, in the car, three members of the local city council who called the cops. And now he's facing charges of impersonating an officer and trying to pull over a vehicle. No, you can't. And we're asking the question. For the win, is he bald, Kim? Bald. No, Demora, don't try and steer okay, her in sorry. what could be the wrong direction. Oh, that might be a hint. That might be a hint. I think he's fully haired. Fully haired is right. <laughs> oh, I was worried yeah. that Mora was going to steal you and steer you in the wrong direction. Congratulations, you yeah, won. Kim. What is the worst movie you ever went to on a date with somebody? Worst date movie of all time. The reason why I bring this up is because I was just going through this list of the uh, things you need to consider when picking a first date movie. Okay. For example, you want to pick something that's less than two hours long. Oh, yeah. Do you know why? Because it's too long otherwise. No. You don't want to go to Avengers Infinity War because that's three hours long. Yeah. You go to Toy Story 4, it's an hour and 40 minutes. You still have lots of time after to do something. You could be like, well, it's only uh, (laughs) 9.05. What should we do now? (laughs) Oh, we got all this extra time on our hands. You Uh, just saw Toy Story 4, so you're hanging out with a bunch of kids. The vibe is killed. Okay, sure. Hey, I live close by. I mean, we could go just get a drink at my place. Oh, Tucky. Yeah. As opposed to if it's like Avengers Infinity where you're just like, I can't believe he's dead. (laughs) What? It was three hours. I'm so tired. I got to go. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Don't pick horror movies. Yeah. Um, Unless they love horror. That's like the best thing to watch on a date. As long as everybody's on board, they say it's okay, but otherwise don't do I it. I don't want to be disturbed yeah. when I'm on a date. Not a gory movie, but a scary movie, and then, and then there's like clutching and like, oh my God, hide me. Yeah, but yeah. I'm the one who's like clutching the other person going, oh my God. Yeah, and I'm if the scared. guy you're on a date with is like enjoying the horror a bit too much, you're like, <laughs> oh, he's creepy. Ooh. You know? <laughs> I really enjoyed that scene where the guy took the machete and <laughs> slashed the person's head exactly. right off. Yeah, I'm not hanging out with you anymore. <laughs> uh, bad movies can be good as long as you're not hyping them up beforehand because then you can laugh and joke about how, how bad that movie, the movie was. Is. Oh, wasn't that stupid? <laughs> oh, boy. What are you doing next? Well, I don't know. we got a bit of extra time on our hands. <laughs> is there a movie you saw that was a terrible first date movie? Uh, Amanda's got a story for us. What's up, Amanda? So, I was a single mom, and I was going on my first date in, like, three years. I'd driven my child 45 minutes to a sitter, and then drove another 45 minutes to Guelph, and uh, we'd been chatting for months, and we went to see Inception, and I spent the whole movie, probably the movie that you would have to pay the absolute most attention to, obsessing over every arm twitch my date had (laughs) if he was finally going to make a move. I, to this day, can tell you I know... 
nothing about the movie, and he never made a move. <laughs> so you just wanted him to do the, oh, I'm tired, and put the arms around you or something? Exactly. So every time he had, like, an elbow itch, I was like, oh, this is it. And it was never it. That's He's like coming a- to put his hand on my hand. <laughs> That's like a three-hour movie, too. That's a oh. long one. It was agonizing. It was agonizing. Oh, oh wow. Mm. I hear it's a good movie. <laughs> what was his problem? I don't get it. He was chicken. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Like you know, every other dude, right? Honestly, we probably went up out ten times, and, and he didn't make a move the whole time. Finally, I was like, you know what? First date movie we should have seen? He's just not that into you. Oh, <laughs> oh burn! <laughs> Are you with anyone now? I'm married now, yeah. Oh, okay. It all worked out. There you go. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Amanda. Thank you. Bye-bye. Imagine no strange looks or awkward moments as you slide that prescription for the antifungal cream over to your pharmacist. Mm. Oh, what? You have... Oh. <laughs> oh, you've got Hang that. on, let me put some gloves on while I take your piece of paper. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes. Well, they're calling this the pharmacist of the 21st century. Your pharmacist is now a vending machine. And if you live in Toronto... Newmarket, Mississauga, Kitchener, Cambridge, or Brampton, they are trying this out. You will find a vending machine pharmacy. They're inside healthcare centers, colleges. I know in your doctor's I office there's one. one. Yeah. In my doctor's office. I'm in uh, this doctor's office that's all new technology. Mm-hmm. So you book your appointments online. Yeah. When you show up, you check in on an iPad. Is there a receptionist there no, at all? No. And then there's a screen It'll tell you when you're in the queue. Yeah. And then when it's your turn to go into a room, it'll just go ding. And then it'll be like Tucker to room 7B. Right. You walk into 7B and then you wait there. And then eventually your doctor shows up or a nurse, depending on what the appointment is. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So these vending machine pharmacies will be stocked with about 600 different prescriptions and they'll be updating them and rotating them all the time. The dispensing fee at one of these machines is $7.99. Oh. If you compare compare that, though, to like a Rexall, the standard dispensing fee is $12.99. Oh, I didn't even know there was a dispensing fee. Nor did I. They, so. They'd be pretty good for, as you said, like some of the more awkward, awkward things. But things. it should be, they should almost have vending machines for not just prescriptions, but for anything that's a little awkward to well, buy. that's the thing that will be over-the-counter medications as well yeah. in these vending machines. Let me tell you, I've gone in and had to buy some hemorrhoid cream. Oh, yeah, that's probably... When you're slapping your thing of, like, extra strength anusol on the counter, it's, it's never a great feeling. And I know, look... We all get hemorrhoids. Everybody, Do well, we? I, like eighty percent of humans get them I at think some it's point. Seventy. Okay, <laughs> whatever. It's a lot of people. Yeah, and uh, it's still never a good feeling slapping that tube up on the oh, counter. No, I was actually at a pharmacy yesterday, and there was a woman who had to ask a guy for help in the yeast infection uh-huh. department. And I'm just feeling for her. But so how many much. women have had an yeast infection? Yeah, like a lot, a, right? A lot, like ninety yeah. percent of women. No, I'm pretty sure it's 70. (laughs) Can they not come up with like a better name than Anusol? Well, it's the same as Vagisil. Yeah, that's right. Can they not just call it, you know, Steve's Cream or something? Delightful Cream. (laughs) 
Fix it cream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool cream. Cool hey. cream. Yeah. Could change, be for anything. Change even the hemorrhoids. Yeah. <laughs> change the name. Imagine your favorite musicians were born as chickens instead of human beings. <laughs> That's the premise of what the cluck is our favorite Mora clucks along to the biggest hits on the radio. She's going to cluck a song as though she was a chicken. And if uh, you can identify the song name, then you are going to win. you got to get two right. Mm-hmm. you got to get the last one right. You get the first one right, the second one wrong. We're moving on to somebody else. That's right. Mora, remind us of what song number one is again. Yes, it is. Wow, what a performance. Thank you. Yeah. Get one more song right. Sarah, here it is. That was Maura's best <laughs> performance. F- performance of the morning. Dancing with the Stranger. That is it. <laughs> You know, I finally understand what they mean by owning a song when you're doing one of those American Idol shows. Yes. You gotta own it. Yes. You owned it the second time you did that, more. The first time, I wasn't feeling it. Well, thank you. You made it your own. Yeah, I got into the groove a bit more. I hear yeah. you. Hey, congratulations, yeah. Sarah. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Woo! I just think it's funny that Maura thought everyone would have her back on this, and nobody has her back. Has no one ever been asked to step out of a picture and felt really sad in that moment, like you weren't good enough? And why are we trying to erase the fact that you were at this event in the first place? It's not about that. It's about getting a family picture with people who are established family members, not newbies. You were talking about being at your sibling's wedding, your brother's wedding. Yeah. There were pictures of Matt, but they wanted Matt to step out because he was the new guy. What's up, Carrie? Oh, Tucker, I'm with you 100%. I did wedding photography for eight years. Oh, so you have plenty of examples of people being asked to step aside. Oh, my gosh. So I used to sit down with the couple prior to and go through a list of all the photos that they wanted, who they were in it, so that come the day of the wedding, it's not a crapshoot. Like, everyone's there that needs to be there. Uh And would they use you as the person who'd be like, sorry, can you step out of this so they didn't have to do it? Oh, yeah. Like, it was like you, there were even times that, like, the mom and dad couldn't be in the same photo. And it was like, okay, let's do at least one photo with all the significance. So you take the photo with everybody and then get those suckers out. Get get that guy with that crazy beard out of there. Get those suckers out of there. (laughs) They're human beings. Yeah, more is wrong on this, right, Carrie? Yeah, I'm sorry, Maura. I love you guys, but Tucker's totally right on this Boo! one. Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. <laughs> Bye. What did your siblings used to call Matt when you started dating him? Jesus. 
They called him <laughs> Jesus. Because he's got long hair and a big beard. And, yes. And so did they say, get Jesus out of there? We want to get a shot of everybody but him. <laughs> no, no. They just, just, you know, they said, Matt, you step out for this one. And he was gracious and stepped out of the photo and totally understood. I was the one who was taking it harder, yeah. you know. Producer Sam from Energy actually has the solution to this. Yeah. She says, instead of asking people to step out of photos, you slowly ask them to step in. So you start with just the bride and groom, and then you bring in the siblings, and oh. then you bring in pa- partners, and blah, blah, blah. So you're not ever singling somebody out. What part of a wedding isn't complicated? Oh, you know I what know. I mean? This is just one fraction of it. It's the pictures <laughs> and who's in them. I mean, you don't even think about that, but You're there's so, so many right. different dynamics. Ugh. Tucker and Mora in the morning on today's best music. Energy, energy. Wake up! Hey. Energy 95.3.